This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Robin's son was taken by these spotted hand people. By the yes, spotted I- hand. Yeah, he's been kidnapped. We really need your help. As far as I know, he's been in the clutches of the enemy for a couple days now. We need to figure out a plan to break him out. Time to get you three suited up in your cloaks, because we're sending you to the deadliest nightmare of a prison anyone has ever heard of, Monte Cristo. So as we enter into this new adventure, the three of you, where we left off, were still in the hideout of the Green Hoods. But now at this very moment, a little time has passed. In fact, 24 hours have passed to allow for the opening of the portal and for you to leave the island. So now you are once again on board the Pequod. But this time, with three additions to what you're holding. Each of you have a brand new green hood, which I would be very curious to hear if you're wearing it, and also maybe did you personalize it at all with Hugh? Second, each of you have a mechanical apparatus gifted to you by Agatha specifically for this adventure, um, and it is going to be playing a large role in a little bit. And then the third is not an object, but it is a new person who is standing only a few feet away from you on board. His name? Edmund Dantes. Why he's there? Well, he's there as your guide. Because if you remember, you have a prison to break into. And who's going to get you in? The only prisoner who has ever broken out. Is there a world where, like, I could know who he is? Yeah, there's a world. I mean, all right. I didn't know if, because I mean, so part of being a breaking out of prison means you're sneaky. So maybe he's not famous, but maybe, okay, cool. All right. I just didn't want to, like, ruin the story as if Penny happens to be super starstruck that, like, the Edward Dante is one of the greatest. One of the greatest escape artists. Uh (laughs) She's a sneaky person. 
as a someone who considers herself a queen of sneak, pretty starstruck by this guy. No totally. one gets out. Totally. I I would say you you have no idea. You've never seen him before. Um, you've certainly never met him. But perhaps whispers of a person by the name of Edmund Dantas had escaped from the fortress of Monte Cristo, and that had been circulated at least in your underground gatherings and in those that you did business with uh, for your company of thieves, as it were. So, yeah, I, I would say that it would be believable that Penny would have heard of Edmund Dantas, but on a very limited capacity. And that probably is on purpose, because if you broke out of prison, you don't want your whereabouts known. But man, word on the street. Mm-hmm. But first, I kind of want to, let's, let's talk about fashion first. Mm, uh, each yeah. of you got, <laughs> hold <Less>. on there. <laughs> um, each of you got a, a new green hood uh, because this is really your trial run with Marion and Robin's, you know, band of heroes, perhaps, or company. Uh, but I would like to hear, A, are you wearing it? Did you add it to your outfit? And B, did you personalize it? Mine's a Kango, and on the front, it has a big leaf. It's just a Kango, and I can pull it back, you know? No, that's, that's Help not, me out, Aaron. No, and for the, those... That that it's not a... What? Come on. Kango, the jazz man. I got a Kango on my hair. No? <laughs> I don't even know how to spell Kango. K-A-N-G-O. You, you'll know okay. it when you see it, baby. Think what I hope Samuel L. Jackson. He has the okay. backwards kind of like smooth. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 It's a Kango. That's a cool hat right there. With the Kango. No, uh, I, mine is just a regular hood, but I did have them make some embro- like, uh, what's it called when you make a slit in some fabric and then it's embroidered around the slit to make it like god this is horrible like it's slashed you know just a slash in it and then underneath it it's like a a different yeah just there's holes for my ears okay that's all oh very nice you have to have holes for the pointy ears hole slits (laughs) okay all right so a you have a cap with uh ear slits it's attached to my jumper is penny wearing it and what does she do with it Penny, Penny's wearing it. She looks uncomfortable because she is uncomfortable. And somehow it's already wrinkled and smudged, um, even though she's had it for like an hour and has like just put it on. It's already very wrinkly and has some smudges on it. And she's wearing it. It's kind of off kilter. Like she put it on because she didn't want to disappoint anyone, but she's not that into it. But a team player you are, though. She's trying. (laughs) Let it be known. I tried. Excellent. Trying. And finally, Birdie Bot, what about you? Hmm. Yeah, I think Bertram, I like the idea. So he's not going to cover up his flowers. Those, those babies need to shine. Like, you can't hide the moneymaker. Those are beautiful. But I think maybe <laughs> if he had something where when he's not wearing it, it's hanging down around his neck like an ascot. That kind of looks like it could be tucked into like some kind of like jacket. He might be kind of like looks like he's wearing or whatever. So I want it to go with his wardrobe always, and then when he's time to like do it, he can turn it around behind his head, and then it flips up over flips up over his head. So it's kind of like a two. So like yeah, when you pull it down, 
and you can hang it in front so it looks like a little kind of tied, fancy patterned kind of green, you know, for the green cloaks. But there's a nice kind of floral, maybe even pattern to it uh, that looks just decorative, always fancy. And then, yes, you can be, it can be turned around around the neck and then flipped over the head. Why am I seeing like one of those gator things, you know, that people wear instead of masks that don't work? You know, they just have like a gator. Oh, yeah. Like a you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a neck yes. stocking thing and you just pop it up over mm-hmm. your head. Okay. The, the ascot. It's classic. I was, I was thinking you, like just a voluminous infinity scarf. Oh, I was thinking infinity scarf, but that sounds more hipster than like classy. No, you look oh, like, it's like Don Knotts in, isn't it Three's a Company where Don Knotts is wearing all those ascots? I was thinking Bing Crosby in White Christmas, where he's wearing like oh. ascots throughout the entire movie. He does rock an ascot in that movie. Yeah. What an <laughs> ascot. So you I have... reserve the right to change that if, if Bertram thinks that's, if Bertram, <laughs> I think that's classy, but Bertram may not. So he has the final say. You can do as many costume wardrobe changes yes. or tweaks and, and ed- edits that you want, especially since you yourself have crafted a hood out of magic and you kind of have seen how to do it. Yeah. So I'm sure Next week, it's just a hanky he tucks into his floor. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's not, that's not bad, actually. It's a pocket square. It's a pocket square in my jacket. It's always pull it a out. different like accessory. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's actually a great idea. I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> so now you you three are on board the Pequod. You know, kind of behind you, a little bit raised up. You see behind the wheel is Millie once again, and good old Ish is perched atop her shoulder, and she just ha- is looking so fly up there in her captain's jacket that she got from Ahab and the wind flowing through her fur and she is just in charge and ready to go. Uh, and then in front of you, a few paces ahead, as I mentioned, is our new character. So you can go around, you can talk to one another, you can talk to either Millie or Edmund Dantas. It's completely up to you three. You can even talk to one another. Penny is just standing there, uncomfortable, arms crossed, just being like, I never thought I'd be on this damn boat again. I went so badly last time. So she's just like muttering to herself angrily, even though she got herself into this. But she's just like, nearly died on this boat, never wanted to be on it anyway. And just like muttering. Awen, Awen is uh, not used to the, to the whipping wet cold of, uh, of, the, of the water, but he kind of just cool chill pops that hood on make sure his ears fall through the ear slits and you know just kind of feeling himself he, he's excited to have a to have a hood to be part of this gang and he's gonna go and talk to millie and just he's just gonna walk up and uh well hey there millie well hey you you look good in that she mm-hmm. also has one up and and you notice too that ishmael has his own little mini one on Oh, buddy, look at your little, look, at even he has a little hood. Nice. Hey, hey they, they, they want to let me just get out of there without one of these, you know. I'm Do, one of the crew, so I, I got to wear one of these. Does it change colors like your skin? And <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just saying him being like, oh, well, and it's just his little hands. That was just his little, his little hands. You, you see him kind of wink at you, and his little eyes focus around, find something to copy, like the brown of the wood, and you see him 
turn the same color the wood beam behind him and back, and you'll see that, yes, the hood does follow suit. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh did it special order. Had to charm him a bit. Maybe even threaten him, but I got it. Well, that's a good idea. I, I think I need to, to ask him about that. M- Millie. Yeah, use some intimidation. It'll take you far, kid. <laughs> Millie, who who's that man over there? I mean, I, I saw him come on the boat, and I, I mean, obviously I know, like, we're going to find Robinson Crusoe, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of weird. Kind of smells weird. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of get how he could smell weird. It's my first time ever interacting with a Yuan Ti, but he, he's the guy for the job, though. They, they hired out. He's a specialist in this, where we're headed. And, Awen, were you not paying attention again during just the recap before this? I saw you in the back there with those poppers again. You really ought to lay off of those. Well, you know me and the jalapenos, uh, but uh, I, I do need to have a word with the chef. I think there was uh, maybe a Carolina Reaper popper thrown in there, and uh, whoo, I've been, been tearing me up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, I, I, you know, tear you up can go many different ways. Up, down, both ways. Sideways. Just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well... Hopefully you can just hold it in while we're here. We're almost to the drop-off points. My job is to take you right up to the drop-off points before they can even sense that we're near. And then the four of you, including Dantis over there, you guys are going to go overboard and make it into this prison. God bless you. I have my own thing to do. I have my own reconnaissance mission for them. But it, it looks like this guy down there, he might look sketchy. But he's really your best bet in. You might want to go check with him to see what his plan is. What does he look like? I'm, I'm just curious looking over at mm-hmm. Edmund. Can you describe what he looks like? Is he kind of like haggard yeah. or is he clean cut? Yeah, I would say like the three of you, even just as, as Awen is having this conversation with Millie and his eyes drift back over to the figure of Edmund Dantis, all three of you, when you look at him, you see a fine tall, slim Yuan-Ti with, with black eyes and hair as dark as a raven's wing. And his whole appearance belies that calmness and resolution peculiar to people accustomed from their cradle to contend with danger. You had learned from him and even Robin giving you a nudge beforehand that he had only been 18 years old when he was locked away at Monte Cristo. And he was there for eight years. He's no longer young now. He looks at least 40, and yet it's easy to understand that he rules those with whom he chooses to associate. The Yuan-Ti seems to have the power of fascination, like a storybook hero come alive. There seems to be, like, energy, dangerous, and yet something that draws you in, just radiating off of him. What's a Yuan-Ti? A Yuan-Ti is, like, a kind of a snake-person hybrid. They look, uh, in this case, he's going to look very humanoid, but with his eyes, um, skin, and just like how he moves, it's going to be very cobra-like. Like Lord Voldemort? (laughs) He has a nose. Okay. All right. Thank God. (laughs) He definitely has a nose. I didn't want that. That's the the thing. That's like the defining feature that keeps you not being too Lord Voldemort-y. Wait, yeah, when I look at a Yuan-Ti, they look like just a straight-up big snake. 
So it depends on there. There's different levels of yuan tea, um, and so with yuan tea pure bloods, they look more like that. Whereas you have like hybrids and half bloods, kind of their their society. If you look it up, is very like concerned with purity of blood. Uh, but yeah, the the ones that are more humanoid just kind of look a lot like Voldemort with with a nose and oh, okay. and hair. They have hair. <laughs> So yeah, that that's what he looks like. Do any of you want to approach him, or shall I have him approach you? A snake with hair. I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> the best way I can look at it is, um, in my mind, he looks kind of like uh, he looks a lot like Jake Gyllenhaal in The Prince of Persia, um, but if he had slitted eyes and kind of like snaky pebbled skin. Um, well, Penny is standing there. She's not quite as grumpy. She has been stealing, like, glances at Dantes. Um, do we think it's reasonable that she overheard part of the conversation they had, um, uh, that Millie and Awen had? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's this is completely boat. within, yeah, within a your small reach ship. of hearing. Pardon me, um, what's the ship's name again? Me- uh, uh, Mel, is it Mel? Peckwad. Herman. Peckwad. Herman. Oh, Herman. Pardon yes. me, oh, Herman. Herman. Not trying to insult you. You're a big, oh, big I ship. Oh, you guys. It's okay. Bi- I'm just glad you're back. Big, I big ship. I missed you. Missed you too, Hermie. Um, but she overhears and hears so that Edward Dantes, he's the one that's going to be helping us. So Penny has been like stealing, like nervously stealing glances at him and is realizing that she's heard about him and that she heard kind of people talking a little bit about a prison break some years ago. And that it was considered one of like the greatest job, like prison break jobs ever done. So she is really intrigued and a little starstruck. Um, so she's standing there. Uh, she pulls out Pip, who hasn't been around in a minute. So I want to have some Pip time. And is um, just going like, should we, should you, should I, should we, should we go, should we say, should we say something? You want to, should I say something? All right, fine, fine. I know, I know. I'll say something. So she puts Pip away and then heads over to Edward Dantes and And as you're within feet of him without even looking you little lady you have been waiting long enough to talk to me what is it that you want he's russian ooh um, <laughs> he well russia doesn't exist so he is whatever this voice is going to be tea. and let's ride it out <laughs> ride it out look penny is good with it um it is very fun um uh, so Penny is kind of looking at her feet and shuffling. She's like, "So, you are you are you Edward? Are you the Edward Dantes? Are are you the guy? Are you the guy who broke out of Chateau Deef? You call it by its old name. Not many know the original name of this prison. <laughs> Chateau Deef. It has not been called for many many years." Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I, I run with a certain crowd, so uh, I know these things. Sometimes it is better to hold back what you know and stay silent. But yes, that is me. I am he who you talk about, and I did break out some years ago, and now here I am doing a favor I never thought I would do. Breaking back in. So are you going to be with me? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we're here. We're going <laughs> to help whatever you need. Um, so I guess 
I was just, I was just wondering, um, how, how, how'd you do it? How'd you do it that first time? How did you, you know, as someone who has done a little breaking and entering herself, how were you able to get out? Many people like to say that it is high intellect or abilities, or I had hatched out the most elaborate of plans, but I must say between you and me, since we're going in together, it was nothing but sheer dumb luck. Cool. It's super easy to replicate luck the exact mm. same way. Well, hopefully we will. But yes, there's, there's something that keeps outward magic and even innate abilities it nullifies to a large extent. But it kept all of us from breaking out. But one night, early into almost the hours of the morning, I could not sleep. And for a slight moment, I felt a shift in the air. And as an innate magic user, I, I knew something was different. So I tried and I reached out for the first time in years and my door could open at my command. Without sparing a second thought, I fled and escaped through the hatch where they have dumped everything that they want to be forgotten from the edge of this world. Really, it was within minutes that I felt it go back into place. So it was only that window of time that I was able to get out of my cell. But where we're going, I'm sure that they have gotten even better at holding back your magic. You hear that, robot? You hear that, Master Elf? Where we're going, there is no magic. Those apparatus is there. That'll help get us in. I look down in my pocket, and I pull out an apparatus. So, yeah, as each of you look down at it, you can see that it, it, it's particularly shaped in, like, a crescent. Um, and on one side of it, it's smoother and indented. And on the other, it kind of bulges out and different and has like gears and whirring and a, and a switch. Um, so if you look closely at it, you'll see like it's not something you've ever used before for any of you. And I don't see you as having any reason to. Um, but you hear Edmondondus continue. Agatha made those for you. Those are what you will use to breathe. It can't cast anything. It can't use any abilities to breathe underwater. So no turning into an animal, for example. You put that on your face, you flick the switch, and it breathes for you. He turns back to you, Penny. Do you know how to swim? No. Okay, wonderful. How We should have maybe discussed what? this before we came hell? on this mission. You want a quick lesson? <laughs> you didn't grow up with an I Olympic-sized mean, pool in your home. You no. Well, isn't that wild, gutters? Bertram? Penelope. Oh. Did have a lot of gutters, but they only come up to about your ankles. So yeah. maybe your knees if you're in a bad gutter and it's a rainy day. Yeah. But um, I mean, how hard can it be, right? Like, For sure. Fish can do it. If fish For can sure. do it, I can do it. Oh, that's right. That's the spirit, Penelope. <laughs> Maybe we should practice. Can we fill up? Can we go into the? Is there is there a tub of somewhere for for washing down here that we could <laughs> submerge the girl in and, and see if 
see if she can paddle somehow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch yourself as you, with... No, there's no submerging happening. In tubs? That wouldn't do any good anyway. I've never been in a tub and I never plan on it. So Millie's just, like, wait, we, we so don't... Just, re- I, I wouldn't suggest that, you know, when, when I first learned how to, to swim, usually I had somebody guiding me. Maybe you guys could do that? Well, if you can breathe underwater, why do you even know, need to know how to swim? You just need to move your body through the water, right? Most of the time, people are struggling with the swimmings because they can't breathe and then they die, right? But Look, no, is, that is, is not accurate. Otherwise, you'll just sit and you'll sink like a rock to the bottom of the ocean. You're going to sink no, like a No, that's also like not robot? accurate. That's also... Isn't it? Is it? Is it? Is no... Do we have any humans? Uh, humans? I don't think there are any humans on board except you. I think you're... Yeah, you're the only human on board. I, for one, have never needed an apparatus to breathe, as I don't breathe at all. Yeah, oh, I can just like... ho- I go underwater for hours and do laps around the pool. You're, look at you, so privileged, growing up with an Olympic-sized pool in your house, not having to <laughs> breathe. I just... I'm impressed that he can <clears throat> swim. Gonna be completely honest with you. How, how does he not rust, right? I mean, there's a buoyant metal. Maybe we just, ooh, maybe it's two kids inside of a metal trench coat. <gasps> all right. It looks like all of you are just going to be standing around here comparing how you grew up. Look, I will, I will tie a rope around my middle. You will be attached to the other ends. I will propel you forward. And me. I am an expert swimmer here. You might uh, that's need some fine. Help. If you want to have the she rope will tied struggle around your middle and she for will her, fight you, you can. We can also just knock her out. And that way she'll just breathe and we can just swim expertly, dragging behind dead weight behind us. All right. Well, look, who, watch who you're calling dead weight, Bertram. I think if it's dead weight, good. by definition, it's you. <laughs> Melly yells out. All right. We're within a minute of drop off. So you guys finalize what you're doing. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Look, I, I think it's fine. I'll breathe a lot of air and I'll float. Isn't that how it works? For sure. I must confess, I don't remember exactly what we're doing. Edmund, are you going to remind us along the way? <laughs> I know we're looking for Crusoe. Uh, Robinson. But besi- Robinson, Crusoe. But besides that, I don't exactly know. I think I forgot that we can't do magic here. That's going to be interesting since that's... Largely, what a lot of us do, except Penelope. This might be your highlight. This might be your this time to shine, girl. I, I was you know, of course, if you if you don't drown in the in the in the ocean, of course. But after re- that, your your time to shine. I refuse to drown, and I choose to shine. So, as a recap, then, when we get there, you're going to see a bubble. Once we pass through that, magic will not work for any of us. Even if we have innate abilities, it will be dampened, and you will have to fight harder for it. But no casting, no use of magical weapons, anything like that. We have to do this straight and narrow. We're going to enter in through the underwater. There's a trap door where they do dumping. All right? And no, not dumping of poop but dumping of bodies and other things that they want to get rid of. We're going to go up through that. And he looks over to Awen and just goes, he says it like bodies is better than poop. <laughs> to each his own. It's, it's better to go up into. I mean, 
you it's all not poop? often. It's just every so often. His bodies have poop in them. You all <sighs> poop? Oh, you poor, you poor beings. <laughs> How undignified. How unclassy. You sweat all flowers. Right, stay with you me. Shut up. <laughs> 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 Everyone's wondering why they invited us into their gang. <laughs> what the hell are we doing Kate's here? Kate's wondering why she invited us onto her podcast. <laughs> Edmund Edmund definitely right now is just like you see his eye twitching. It's just like really. Penny Penny smacks them both. This is the best group I was given. Penny smacks them both, and she's like, "Be cool, guys. Be cool." Thank you. And he pats you on the on the shoulder. She blushes immediately. (laughs) Yeah, Bertram's just noticing the different dynamic that Penelope's doing that he finds very interesting around this around this new person. Just how she's like almost. On cloud nine or, yeah, giddy around him. Once we get in through the trap door, then we are going to go through a certain network to get to the cells. Our job is to stay undetected, and then we need to find out where Crusoe is being held. None of us know. In fact, I will confess it has been many, many years since I have been to this Monte Cristo, it is now called. Almost 20 years. 20 years? But it is an old edifice, and I have every report that it is the same layout. So that is the way we will go. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, okay, so we're, we're jumping off the boat with our apparatuses. Swimming through this dome-like bubble that surrounds the prison, which halts all kinds of magic. What about the gods of the prison? Do, do they have magic? Do they not no. use magic either? No. The gods okay. are, are human. They, they do not use magic. They have, of course, you know, your, your crossbows, your daggers, you know, the typical things which right. we can come up against. But the patrols, everything I've heard is, is, are very regimented and easy to go past. The hardest thing will be finding the cell and then getting him out of the cell. So that is where Robin and Marion, they had every confidence that the three of you would be able to help me with this yes they sent a seven foot robot to be to be very stealthy in and, and out woman who can't swim and you hear millie yell out all right we're here and looking on uh the out over the side of the ship you see yards out in front of you is this kind of 
translucent dome and where on the outside of the bubble where you guys are, you know, it is light clouds, moderate wind, but an Arctic cold, you know, is forming kind of like just that, that whisper right before snow starts. But you notice that on the inside of the bubble, that it's, it looks like it, it, the light hits differently and it doesn't have swaying wind and the water is very calm. And so even on the inside, you see that it's, it's different. It, it's almost like super protected, super insular. All right, here we are. So put on your apparatuses or your apparati. And he does so. He straps it on, flicks the switch on the side. Awen says, time's up. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. He puts his thing on, flips it, and then jumps in the water. He leans down to you, Penny. Is Leroy Jenkins a friend of his? I think so. Maybe a dog. We're not sure. Okay. Maybe it's a chicken. And then he he takes... (laughs) He takes the rope, wraps it around his middle, wraps it around yours, too. Um, Tightens it. All right, ready? I'm going to pull you. You kick your legs, and you push your arms. I don't know. I've never taught anybody to swim. You just do what I do, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. And so uh, he jumps over, and uh, (laughs) I guess, are you going to jump in tandem with him? Or is he going to, like, pull you? He's definitely going to pull me. (laughs) I think at the last moment, Penny gets a little nervous, but then, whink. All right, right before you kind of uh, hit the water, you you see uh, Millie like waving by, like over mm-hmm. the edge. Uh, Bertram, how about you? I'm looking up. I'm looking up the names of dives, Olympic dives, so I can so I can <laughs> say when I do one. There's no simple names for dives. They're all confusing. Half gainer. There's like a four, the three digit dives, dive numbers and like positions, swan. but I don't see this. I just wanted the name of a dive. Swan. Can opener. Fl- front flip. The forward dive straight. Like those don't sound cool. Then you come up with a name. I swallow dive. I swallow dive? <laughs> what? <laughs> Trying to think of a different bird. <laughs> we put an eye in pigeon. front of it. Pigeon. <laughs> I pigeon dive off the boat. Okay. Okay. I was like, what? Oh, no. No. What? <laughs> no. Uh, I think I would just get to the, Bertram would get up and, and remind me guys, because I've been in the water once or twice now, but I've never talked about like struggling um, I just want to make sure I'm not breaking continuity. I don't think I've ever said if I, whether I'm good at swimming or not. So I think I just chose to be really I'm good su- at it. I'm surprised that you can swim. I guess if he grew up in a luxurious place and he was bored, there was a pool around him. Because whenever they were gone for extended amounts of time, I was home in this mansion by myself. So I could just teach myself how to do stuff. So yeah, I think Bertram... So what, everyone's in the water already. And I think Bertram would just kind of look at the apparatus and would say... Hey, Millie, hold this for me, please. And I would just flick it at her because I don't need it. She catches it in one striped paw. And then I get up on the ledge and I put my arms out and close my eyes. And then I just kind of flutter. I just kind of push off the edge and I just dive all the way down into the water. 
Not even it a looks so good, guys. It will. It would blow your mind how excellent he is. <laughs> so as you move forward and you see that this this bubble extends even below the water, and as you pass through it, uh, both for Awen and well, actually no, all three of you in, to different degrees, um, you feel like. As if, you know, there were there an energy inside you you didn't realize you have and it feels muted. Like there's a part of you deep within that is muffled. Um, You know, if it were like a voice speaking to you, all of a sudden you couldn't hear it. It was far away. Or if it was like a warm, fuzzy feeling, it's almost numb. So you you notice that something central to you, um, Awen and Bertram with your casting abilities and even you, Penny, with your secret part of yourself that we now know is your changeling self, so that innate magic um, is muffled. And so it's important to know, as your DM, that I remind you that for Awen and for Bertram, casting um, will be nothing. Like you, It will be impossible. Innate magical abilities, like Penny, it's going to be with disadvantage. Okay, so there will be certain things that will be hard. And and I don't know if there's anything innate to you, Awen. Isn't, so, I mean, correct me, I mean, you're DM, obviously. Isn't sorcery completely innate? It's all like part of your blood. For him, it's it's kind of Mine comes from a source. Yeah, mine comes from like a source of something like given to me. My mm-hmm. wild magic is usually like given to you or it's like oh. bestowed somehow. So it runs through me, but it's like I didn't just like happen. I didn't blink one day and it just appeared. It was like oh, okay. a, an event yeah. okay. happened that gave me my magic. I see. Okay. All right. So as you keep going forward and you pass through that membrane of this force field and you feel that muting and you feel that muffling of something inside you that maybe you didn't even realize you had um i want each of you to do an athletics check for me to see how well we are swimming oh no i said i was really and good penny you can do it with advantage since you are attached to edmund Dantes. oh and i need to have him check too Nice. Shit. I got cocky. And we're looking for a DC of 10. Athletics? Mm-hmm. Well, Bertram, after all his boasting, rolled an 8. 17, baby. I rolled a 3. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh I love how I'm swimming pretty well, and the two of you are sinking? Are you You sinking? had advantage. Someone's carrying you. Someone's... Yeah, I was humble enough to recognize what I needed. I think feeling, I think going, passing through the bubble and feeling that like almost kind of like a lightness in front of me where my magic comes from, feeling that like stripped away, I just feel like heavy and clunky. I don't know, I can't think of the right kind of word for it, but yeah, I think, I think the feeling that effect is, is making me struggle with swimming for sure. And how about for you? I, I I would like to give you agency in this, Aaron. Um, how would how would Awen struggle to swim? What would what could happen that would hinder him? So Awen's connection to the ocean and to the and to nature is part of what gives him the ability to swim so well. 
So I think that when, as soon as he enters into that bubble, there's this sense that kind of uh, a vertigo of sorts. Which way is up? Which way is down? Where are people? Things are kind of topsy-turvy. My equilibrium is kind of messed up. So as I'm swimming in, it kind of, you know, really, like like Adam was saying, you, you, you kind of swim through the bubble, that membrane, and it just rips away from you. And there's just this sense of, like, completely, yeah, wobbly getting wavy it reminds me of like that kind of like dementors kiss you hear about when you're around the dementors and you just feel that kind of like joy sucked from you a little bit mm-hmm. you feel like that weight of you're gonna need each of you're gonna need a nip of chocolate when you, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get through this uh so penny here you are you're you're being pulled along and i'm going to say to retcon this that because if people are paying attention like but how did this happen um pip has his own little mini mask on i was wondering let's about just that go too. with that it's a little, little mouse one. Pip has a tiny little mask. Does if they Pip can make a, a hood for Ishmael. Yeah, does Pip have a hood? No. Pip does not have a hood. There's just a piece of <laughs> Penny's that's cut out. There's just a piece of Penny's <laughs> cut. Like, so there's just like a hole in front oh, of it. Oh, that's awesome. She made one. I love that. Okay, so Penny, you're being, you're being pulled along. And you see ahead of you, uh, Awen passes through the bubble first. And you see him go smooth for a few strokes and then something just kind of like jolts for him as if he's like feeling the full force of this sapping of energy and this sapping of of magical abilities and even just this disconnect from the forces of nature around him that empowers him. And you see him begin to kind of flail and move erratically. And looking behind you, knowing that Bertram had entered the water after you, you also see a similar effect with Bertram. And in his panicking, you see his foot uh, grasp onto some, like kind of entangle in some seaweed. What do you do? I'm being pulled, but I move forward. I like tug. Am I able to just like tug to get Dante's? um, Yeah, he pauses and looks back. And I point at his foot. And you see him sigh and like go back and bubbles, just bubbles, (laughs) whipping a dagger from his his boot. You see him like flick it out and he cuts Bertram free and then he writes you Bertram by just grabbing onto the scruff of your hood. I guess it's in front of you. So he grabs onto the front part of your hood and then just shakes you to like get you out of it and pushes you to you know forward like let's get going like making just like a keep going um and that's going to jolt you back into it uh and then going forward again he hand he kind of like passes the he passes the dagger at you penny and points at his boots kind of like can you put that back as i get going she that she blushes again and then does it and then as, the, as you go by, you come across Awen, who's also kind of flailing, and he, um, he looks back at you, Penny, and just like nods like, you take care of this, and he keeps going. So you're about to like pass him. Perfect. So passing Awen, is Awen also tangled in seaweed? No. He's just struggling? Just, just super messed up. Fighting yeah. the waves. Yeah. Great. Penny actually grabs the rope that's tied to her waist, and then ties it around herself, and then throws it towards Awen. So they become a train. I grasp onto it. Uh, so you guys, as you move forward, and Bertram 
you are riding yourself enough and even just how you described your experience with swimming, you're able to just like keep them in front of you and focus only on a one who's now in front of you and just use that as a focal point. A when you are only looking at Penny as a focal point and then, you know, you keep moving forward with <laughs> Dantas at the head. And as you go forward, you start to see just the the rock of now Monte Cristo, uh, you know, coming in front of you, and it starts to take more and more shape. And this looming mass of this island rock um, comes into closer view. And scanning the bottom, you see a very disturbing sight. What was only described as every so often being a dumping ground before, you see weighted down and in different states of wrapped and disrepair bodies floating and you know they they aren't at the surface they are definitely wrapped in sheets some have come partially undone and they have been weighted down so that they sink to the depths but some have been entangled in the seaweed others have caught on crags and ledges of the rocks underwater but really this is a number that is nothing to it's nothing to just overlook. Um and I would like all three of you to do a perception check for me. Regaining his constitution, Awen looks around, cuts the rope, goes and starts collecting people's teeth, and then swims back to be with the party. <laughs> and I rolled the twelve. How many how many rolls is that that you have to accomplish? <laughs> uh, I rolled twenty four. Bertram rolled a nat 20. Damn. I would say because of what you did, Awen, and, and your roll is high enough for that even, just you're able to get to one of the bodies because, once again, it looks like time is of the essence. I don't have time to go <laughs> trolling around and, and see, like, how many teeth can I have, you sick son of a bee? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what you immediately notice, Bertram, and what Awin will also see as soon as he cuts one of the cloths open is that of those who are exposed enough that their heads hang out, um, that it looks like their throats have been just ripped open. Are they all wearing, like, is there an equivalent to kind of like the, the prison uniforms or something? Or is it just like drabby clothes? Their clothes are in different states of disrepair, but there's no uniform on them. Okay. They're all wearing the pink stripes from Paddington, too. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the horrible yes. cut scene from that. <laughs> you see a tiny bear. Just- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> up ahead, you see him kind of take a sharp turn upward, and you see a small trap door, just wooden with heavy iron bolts. And hitting a spring to the side, it opens upward. And so the four of you are able to exit from the water into a darker, cavernous opening. And you are now out of the water. Edmund, I I thought you said there was just a few things that they threw away and did away with. That was dozens and dozens of bodies with their throats slit. What was that? His, his face, if possible, for you once, he looks slightly worried. Like his eyes are, are squinting and they're 
far off, like as if they're trying to calculate something. That was not new. I, I was expecting maybe two, three. That amount was... Something's... Something's wrong. <laughs> Dry yourselves off as much as possible, but we've got to keep moving. If that is different, I don't know what else is. Do you think maybe we could use magic? I mean, I don't know. Try. <laughs> is that your sound effect? Try. <laughs> yeah, you try to cast something and nothing. Uh, so the four of you start to exit the. <laughs> you you see like the four of you exit out of this cavernous area and winding around the corner. You see a corridor, and it's a large corridor that has a crossroads in its center, um, and it looks commonly traversed, you know, by the by the upkeep of it. And Edmund kind of gets back against the wall and it looks back at you. This is the main route from the cells to here. This is the route we need to take. There should only be maybe one guard. And looking around the corner, he curses sharply and comes back. Yes, many things are wrong. This is very, very different. Remember how I said earlier, the guards were human? Yes. Those aren't human. I just saw a beholder. Oh no! Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This season on Civilized. Or not, it's improvised, so you don't know. Barty, please, no! It has to be done for the good of the children. Captain, is it Beatrix or Beatrice? I'm so confused. I'll tell you who it is. It's your mother! I have summited the mountain, and I declare this land for my own. Marty, get down from the roof! Every time. I can't believe we made it into space, Beatrice! Yeah, it's been a long time coming, Al. Wait, which version are you? Um, which version are you? (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying we've been on Earth the whole time? Yeah, man, it's like just a simulation. Actually, we've been dead the whole time. Actually, this is lost. Actually, I'm lost. We only have five seconds to defuse this bomb. When when you started saying that or at the end of saying that? Sound of explosion. (laughs) (laughs) So join us on Civilized Season 5 for this stuff that might happen, but probably a lot of it won't. Regardless, we're back with your favorite characters, doing zany things in space, and we couldn't be more pumped. We'll see you soon, listeners. Civilized Season 5 begins May 31st, 2023. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts or visit civilizedpod.com. That got weird. Because <laughs> usually they're pretty normal. <laughs> yeah.